So if you guys have any questions whatsoever about keto or intermittent fasting, whether you're starting keto as a new person or just need to debug your program, or you have a question about a product, call one of our keto consultants. They'll be able to help you. Call 540-299-1557. That's 540-299-1557. Welcome to the Dr. Berg Healthy Keto and Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Now your host, the man taking your health to a whole new level, Dr. Eric Berg. I'm here with Dr. Berg and we're going to talk about something that's really important, plateauing and stubborn weight that's been on people for years like me. How do we get out of that? How do we start getting our body to heal? That's a really good question because the whole philosophy that I have is you have to get healthy to lose weight not lose weight to get healthy. Wow. And so the first thing to do is to get healthy. And I think I just want to spend a little bit of time on that because people don't really know what that means. No, Getting healthy is goes way beyond just losing weight. I'm talking about increasing your energy. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about get rid of the cravings. Okay, It's not healthy to have cravings. I'm wow. talking about getting rid of the excessive hunger that you have between the meals that you just ate an hour ago and you're still hungry. Right. <laughs> or you eat and you're, you're not satisfied. That's like a problem. You should be satisfied when you eat because your body's absorbing the nutrients, right? I'm talking about lowered stress tolerance. Things don't get to you as easily. I'm talking about better digestion. I'm talking about less inches on your body. So if you get healthy first, the weight will come off. It always does. But you know what? Sometimes it takes some time, especially if you've been unhealthy for a long period of time. So that would be probably the first thing to focus on. Now, there's some other things, too, that we'll get into, but I really want to make sure everyone has that down, okay? All right, number two, um, we want to first make sure that what they're doing is correct, okay? Because you just don't want to go about this just halfway. So there's a formula for healthy ketosis and intermittent fasting that I want to reveal right now. Wow. And it's very, very simple. Um, you want to keep your carbohydrates below 20 grams a day. Okay? okay. Now, if you're 18 years old and you have a, a fast metabolism, you're probably not listening to this program right now. <laughs> um, but right. you could probably go up with your carbs up to 50 grams. Right. But for most people, you need to do uh, about 20 grams of carbohydrates or less per day, not per hour. <laughs> That's okay. what I was wondering. What's the average person doing? Uh, they're doing um, probably over 130 grams of carbohydrates a day. Wow. 130. That's huge. It's crazy. So they're doing too much carbohydrate, okay? Now, proteins, you want to do it moderate. You don't want to do high. You don't want to do low. You want to do moderate. That's three to six ounces of protein per meal. Okay. Now, um, you can go a little bit more if you're younger uh, or if you're a bigger person. But you don't need to go crazy with your protein. Okay. Moderate is fine. Okay, now vegetables. You need to do a lot of those. You need to do like seven to ten cups. But that's not hard if you just do two big salads a day. What kind of vegetables though? Any vegetables that you like. Any type of salad that you like. Not corn though. I had to cut that out. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. Corn and um, soybeans. We want to do actual leafy greens, avocados, uh, and broccoli and all the kale and things like that. Okay. Uh, as far as fats, 
there really is a higher limit for fats, especially in the beginning, because the fats are going to satisfy you. Mm -hmm. They're going to allow you to go from one meal to the next without being hungry. So you can actually add more fats, especially in the beginning, because if you don't, it's going to be hard to do this next thing, which is intermittent fasting. Okay. Intermittent fasting is a one of the most powerful tools for a stubborn metabolism. Now, why? Because every time you eat, you trigger insulin. So if you're going to not eat as frequent, you're not going to have to trigger insulin. And insulin is behind um, a stubborn weight situation. In fact, you know, people think about insulin as a thing that lowers blood sugars. But what they don't know, it's a fat storing hormone. And in the presence of just a little bit of insulin, you're not going to lose weight. It blocks weight loss. That was my problem, Dr. Berg. You finally figured it out. I mean, after eight years, what you told me to do, and it worked. And I've lost almost 40 pounds. It's incredible. Incredible. And I could not do that all my life. Yeah. And it was. it's just kind of focusing on the right thing. And out of all the things every single overweight person has in common, it's they have a confusion on this word. Right. Insulin. Right. They don't know what it is. Right. I have at you confused. They, they have it misunderstood. They have an incomplete definition. Right. They think, oh yeah, it relates to diabetes and it lowers blood sugars. But what they don't know, it's a fat storing hormone. It's a hormone that prevents you from burning fat and losing weight. Wow. And then, of course, if they get that fully, then the next question is going to be, well, how do I lower insulin? Right? Right. Well, you stop eating so many carbohydrates. <laughs> Stop eating so frequently. So I just want to simplify this because if you just get the big idea and you focus on the right thing and you have the correct information, yeah, you're gonna it's gonna work for you. If you focus on the wrong thing, like oh I need to drink more water, I need to exercise more because that's the big thing, or I need to eat more fiber, or I need to eat less calories, then you're gonna be struggling just like everyone else. Okay, so there's some other things I want to talk about, uh, hidden things, okay, hidden carbohydrates, okay, like in the form of salad dressing. There's a lot of sugar in salad dressing. There's a lot of sugar in juice. You don't want to drink juice. You can look at alcohol as sugar as well. That's another hidden carbohydrate that people don't realize. Yogurt has a lot of hidden sugar, even if it's plain. So there's a lot of uh, hidden sugars like in bre yeah, breaded meat. Also, people don't realize that when you consume refined carbohydrates like grains, that's a hidden sugar, wow. like breads, pasta, cereal, crackers, biscuits, waffles, pancakes, muffins. <laughs> Everything. Right. So we want to bring your awareness up on all these hidden sources. What are other things that can stop you from losing weight? Well, another common thing is, believe it or not, too much fiber from vegetables. Like if they're consuming a lot of vegetables like they should but they're bloating. Mm -hmm. They're not used to it. They're not used to eating a lot of kale. Right. So it bloats them. If you're bloating, then don't consume that type of vegetable. Consume maybe more leafy greens or other types mm -hmm. of vegetables like squash, things that you can digest. If you're doing a program and you're bloating, it's not going to work for you. And that extra bloating is the stress in your digestive tract. Well, it'll keep you from losing weight. So that's another thing that I noticed from some people. They're, they're finally eating healthy. They're dumping all this 10 cups of kale and like they're bloated out completely. It's not going to work. Is there a drink we could drink or some kind of cleanse we could do for bloating? Well, it's best if you just evaluate what you eat that's doing it. 
it's usually going to be certain types of vegetables that you're not used to digesting because the microbes actually break down the fibers mm -hmm. and you might not have enough of those microbes or those friendly bacteria to break down that fiber yet. So you want to slowly increase it and let your body develop these microbes so you can actually fully digest your food. But we don't want to do bloating. But when you do low carbs, you get a lot less bloating. And you do intermittent fasting, it allows the digestive system to really reset and heal so your bloating goes way down. And since we're on the topic of digestion, another thing that can slow people down from losing weight is constipation. You know, like I had a lady come see me one time. I asked her, how often do you go to the bathroom? She says, once a month. I said, what? Once a month? Yeah, I'm trying to lose weight. I'm like, uh, you need to focus on your digestive system, not the weight. Right. So constipation is a huge barrier. Now, normally when you do healthy keto and intermittent fasting, your constipation does improve. But um, if you have a problem with constipation, beforehand and it's still a problem, then you're going to have to get some, maybe some herbs or things to be able to get things going because we don't want you constipated. We want you eliminating. But I'm going to give you a little tip here. When you do longer fasting, when you do intermittent fasting correctly, it's interesting because you give this digestive system a chance to rest. And what happens is you start to eliminate more when you're not eating than when you're eating. It's pretty wild. Mm. So that usually will clear up constipation, which is quite fascinating. That's interesting. Give me another thing that'll block your metabolism. Well, a big one is a lack of sleep. Mm. Most people burn most of the fat when they're sleeping, not during the day. So if you're not sleeping, that could be a huge reason why you are not burning fat. Now, what prevents a high quality sleep is usually stress. So I recommend that you go for a long walk every single day. You know, look at the trees. Don't try to raise your pulse rate. Get in this relaxed state and then you'll actually wind down much better. A real good remedy would be, again, the B vitamins from nutritional yeast. Nutritional yeast, you can get it from the health of the store. It's a real good source of B vitamins and it's great for reducing stress and lowering all that excessive brain chatter that people have that keep them up so it can help you go to sleep and you can feel rested in the morning. And that alone will help you lose weight just by getting a few more hours of sleep. You know, a long time ago, you told me to stop watching the news. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that was true. Oh my gosh. It's like the, like, do you really need to watch that much news? Right. It's like you're doing fine until you watch the news and it gets you all excited. All stressed up. Yeah. Okay. And so- yeah, I, I don't watch the news, honestly. Yeah, yeah I, I don't. Okay. Is there anything else that could stop us from losing our midsection? Well, there's quite a few things. Another one would be excessive amount of protein, right? You're yeah. doing all this protein powder. Yeah, because we want a moderate amount of protein. Too much protein can stimulate the body, especially at night. Right. So you're doing all this protein, and not, not only are you going to feel a lot of stress in your gut, which will prevent sleeping, but it's kind of going to stimulate you. That's why consuming protein sometimes can boost your energy, but sometimes when we don't want too much energy at night when we're sleeping. The point is that too much protein triggers insulin. You want a moderate amount of protein. And remember, insulin prevents weight loss, so we don't want to go overboard on that. Very interesting. What else blocks it? Okay, so then you have this thing called alcohol. We talked about it before, right. but... Um, you know, people, I guess people don't realize how damaging alcohol is to losing their midsection. It's what? a double-edged sword because 
it's not just pure carbohydrates. It's a solvent that destroys the liver. And when the liver is damaged, the liver gets fatty. And when the liver gets fatty, it spills over into around the organs that then starts pushing out your gut. So when you walk around and you see people with a gut, with belly fat, you know the liver is probably filled with fat, right? Mm -hmm. So alcohol is something that damages the liver. So it's kind of a hidden source of carbohydrate. Uh, I don't recommend it, especially if you're trying to lose weight. But am I saying that you can't have alcohol the rest of your life? Well, no, I'm just saying that let's get your body healthy. And in the future, once you build up your health, you will have the luxury and the extra reserve to be able to go off the program occasionally. Right. But the amount of alcohol people consume now is just way too much. Wow, is that it? Or is there anything else, Dr. Berg? Well, okay, there's there's more. Okay. <laughs> so um, here's another thing that when you actually initially do the ketogenic diet, you're going to increase your fats, right? Mm-hmm. And that's going to allow you to be very satisfied. It's going to be easier because you can go from one meal to the next comfortably. Right. Okay. But there's going to be a point where you're, you've adapted. Mm-hmm. You no longer have cravings. You no longer crave anything and you're not hungry anymore. Right. So you can go longer periods of time without eating, right? Right. So at this point, if you plateau, which some people do because maybe they have a slow metabolism, then what you need to do is you need to cut your fats down. You could start to eat less and less fat. And I'm not talking about going lean. I'm just talking about when you consume some animal protein, don't add additional things. Like don't add like these those little fat cookies that they have or add extra butter or extra oil. Just don't add the extra fat. And what will happen, your body will start burning your own fat because when you consume dietary fat, your body will turn that into ketones and less your own body fat. So you're if you're at a plateau, you're saying that we need to stop eating fat as much. Yes, because here's what happens. The goal is to get your body to burn your own fat and not as much of the dietary fat. If you're consuming too much dietary fat, your body is going to turn that into ketones, not your own body into ketones. So that's another factor that I really wanted to bring up because this is not a diet where you're doing unlimited massive amounts of fat 24-7. Right. All right. We gave you a lot of things that can slow your metabolism, but I want to touch on the thyroid. Okay. The thyroid produces hormones that control the metabolism of every single cell in the entire body. Okay, so if someone has a slow thyroid, a lot of times that alone can actually inhibit you from losing weight. Okay, in which case, here's what we recommend if you have a slow thyroid. We recommend that you really focus more on intermittent fasting. Now, there's a thing called OMAD, which stands for one meal a day. Okay. Okay. So you go from three meals a day intermittent fasting down to two meals a day, and then you gradually push yourself to one meal per day. So if you're going through menopause, for example, and you have a thyroid issue, a lot of these people really need to do one meal a day to see success. Now, are they going to be hungry? No, because their metabolism is already slow and they're conserving energy. But the one meal a day seems to be the key to helping those thyroid cases finally lose weight. What about doing it um, every other day, one meal a day? Is that a good thing to do or are you messing things up? Well, that's a really good question. And that is another possibility, uh, especially as you get into this and your body is adapted, you're going to find that you're not even hungry going on the second day. So there's a whole bunch of people eating once every other day and they're doing 
fine. The key is when you eat, make sure you have all your nutrients. You're going to have to have a really large meal and you may need to supplement as well. Dr. Berg, let's say they're doing all these things and they're still not losing weight. Then what? Listen, I, I used to see it all the time. There's certain people that just don't respond to you know certain things so that you need to add other things. In which case, chances are they probably have a pretty severe insulin resistance type situation mm -hmm. where their insulin is high and the cells aren't working right. In which case, I always recommend cinnamon. Cinnamon is a great remedy to improve that situation and also apple cider vinegar. Mm. Those two work really good for insulin resistance, which basically is a condition where insulin is not connecting to the cells. And so the communication is disconnected and that forces the pancreas to make more and more insulin, keeping you really, really stuck. So if you add like a tablespoon of apple cider vinegar and some water, maybe with your meals, with a straw, and you added some cinnamon in the diet, not on a cinnamon toast, <laughs> but as a, like just in, on your food or as a pill, that can improve things. Oh, wow. So Dr. Berg, if they add the cinnamon and they added the apple cider vinegar and they're still not losing weight, then what? Okay. And then we need to add some other things. Okay. One thing is exercise, right? Exercise. Why? Because exercise also will stimulate certain hormones that will help you lose weight. So yes, People need to exercise. It's not the big thing, but it can definitely help. Uh, the majority is the eating plan, but a fraction of that is exercise. So if you were to do high intensity interval training, that would be probably the best exercise. I would hire a personal trainer, do it maybe twice a week, spread it out, let your body recover. Okay. But that could be just the thing that you need to kick it in gear. But I also want to bring a point of overtraining, okay? okay? Okay. Believe it or not, overtraining could actually prevent you from losing weight. Wow. And I've had people literally exercise six hours a day. I'm not kidding. Yeah. Six hours a day, seven days a week. And they're wondering why they're not losing weight. They're completely inflamed. They're totally sore. They're not sleeping. They're exhausted. And they're trying to push themselves thinking that the exercise is going to be a good thing. The key is not to overtrain. And what I mean, exercise, let your body recover. You're no longer sore. Make sure you're sleeping. Make sure you're feeling stronger and then work out again. And that's how you determine the frequency of exercise. Don't keep exercising over a lot of sore muscles. That's really bad. Wow, Dr. Berg, what if you add exercise and it's still not working? Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. So we had a really stubborn case here, right? Right. They're plateaued. Again, I want to kind of just take us to the top just to define what normal is again, because sometimes people say it's not working when it is working. Like, mm. like I want to define it's working. What does working mean? Okay. When they're not seeing the scale go down, but maybe they're not measuring well, their inches. Well, this is just the point. What I mean by it's working or not working, I mean... Are you getting healthy? Is your energy going up? Are your inches shrinking? Do you feel like your mood? Is it better? Do you have less craving? Because the last thing we want to do is change something when it's actually working. It just takes more time. What we have to realize is the estimation of effort to get the body healthy is sometimes a lot greater than you think. If you live your whole life on sugar, like I have, yeah, Sometimes it's going to take more than a week <laughs> right. to get your body healthy. It could take a couple of years, honestly, to really get your body in a state where it's healing and you're fully healthy. 
So I just wanted to touch on a few more points related to why people don't get results. Now, if you think about it, the body stores fat as a survival mechanism. So fat accumulation is really potential energy there to help you survive. And it's going to hold or store fat around the most important organs, which happen to be in your middle section to help you survive longer. You have important organs there. You have the pancreas, the kidney, the liver, etc. I mean, think about it. You don't see people with fat legs and a skinny stomach. It's always the reverse. It's a fat stomach with thin legs. So many times you won't see your stomach shrinking until the internal repair system occurs, until you get healing on the inside of the organs. So you don't always see a change and you might even plateau with your weight, but you'll feel a change. How? Through the energy. The energy will improve. You'll feel more vital. Your skin will be better, better digestion, less cravings, less hunger. These are all better indicators than health. It's not just always about weight loss. But remember, it's get healthy first, then lose the weight. So remember, the body will always repair before it releases fat in your midsection. And the best way to think about it is that fat is a survival mechanism. It's stored energy to help you survive during times of stress or starvation. This is why it's so vital to really focus on getting healthy first and not worry about the weight. And then over time, as your body repairs, as it gets healthy, the stomach will get less and less and less. And there's even a stress hormone called cortisol. Cortisol is the stress hormone. And a lot of times you'll even see people that will start getting fat in the midsection after they've been through stress. In fact, if you talk to a lot of people who have dieted before and they're in their uh, 50s, you ask them, when did you start gaining weight? When did you start developing a stubborn situation with your belly? Well, it was after either a divorce, a loss of a loved one, a pregnancy, or even menopause. Cortisol, that stress hormone, will actually activate fat in your midsection. So stress, in addition to those refined carbohydrates and sugar, has the capacity to make you fat in the middle section. Now, there's other minor things that can do it as well. You have trans fats, artificial sweeteners, MSG, that's monosodium glutamate, also hidden as modified food starch in a lot of the fast food places out there. And that's basically why it tastes so good because it tricks your taste buds into tasting better than it really is. But it will spike insulin sometimes by a factor of 300% more than if it wasn't in a particular food. And then if someone adds sugar to fat or sugar to protein, you can greatly accelerate the insulin spike and increase fat, especially around your midsection. So it's all about understanding what triggers insulin. And at the heart of a slow metabolism or a stuck weight or a plateau, you always have higher amounts of insulin. So by really understanding what triggers insulin and what's in your environment and avoiding those things, now you could finally lose weight in the midsection. And don't be discouraged if it doesn't all happen in a week. These things take time, especially if your body needs to heal, especially if your body needs to repair so remember, it's get healthy to lose weight, not lose weight to get healthy.
Hey guys, I just want to let you know I have my new keto course just came out. It's a mini course. It covers all the basics and how to do it correctly. You can get through this in probably 20 minutes at the very most. So if you're interested, click the link below and get signed up now.